If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, everybody. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. How has your week been? Well, my week has been interesting. Like... My day job has been very busy, but to distress somebody that we both know got me into the one reality show that I don't watch. I don't even know how I've never watched it. And that show is Sister Wives Aid. (laughs) Spoiler (laughs) alert, it was me. So what had (laughs) happened was there was a time when I would send Tane a text message being like, have you watched this show? Have you watched this show? And then I would feel stupid because she'd watched every single show. And so instead, I would just start the conversations assuming that she had watched the show. And it usually worked out. For the first time in the history of our friendship, I found a show that I had watched that Tane had not. And it was Sister Wives. <laughs> She's so proud about it, y'all. <laughs> My favorite was when she texted me and said, 15 seasons. Yes, I like I know of its existence and I have an idea of it, but I have no idea it was on that long. So I'm just kind of scooting around, going through the seasons, getting, you know, I Googled what are the pertinent uh, episodes I need to watch just to get an idea of who they are, see their beginnings. Because when I get to season 14, 15, I'm probably going to watch all the episodes just to see the evolution or de evolution <laughs> of them. So it's been interesting, but it sucked the life out of me. I'm behind of all my current shows because that's all I did. Because everything is available on demand. So, yeah, that's how my week's been going, Aid. So thanks. 
I have not watched every season, but it is amazing to me that you can come in, you can go back out, and each time I watch it, I'm like, you people pick misery every year. (laughs) (laughs) It is a miserable marriage with five people instead of two. Yep, you're absolutely right. It's just me watching people who are unhappy. Like, I am of the opinion that anyone who believes in polygamy, polyamory, I just don't think human beings are equipped to handle that. And that's just my opinion. Like, I feel everybody should live whatever lifestyle they choose, but my opinion is that we can handle it. I have not watched anything, any documentary on this topic where everyone has been happy. I think that there are very few people who can do it. And it's like 70% or something of the people who pick the lifestyle aren't capable of being happy in it. Yeah. It takes uh, something that I have never seen. I'm sure it exists, right? Because there are people out there who I feel like say polyamory or polygamy works for them. But, and TV obviously is not real life, but I do, even in my like regular life, whenever I hear about it, it always sounds to me like, yeah, sketch. There are very few people equipped with the emotional wherewithal to successfully do it. And the numbers are not adding up. But yeah, listeners, (laughs) if you've got other opinions, go for it. Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) agreed and you guys one day someday we're probably gonna do an episode (laughs) on our patreon (laughs) about sister wise when tane is done watching so you can find the link to our patreon in the show notes this past week we ranked all the previous seasons so speaking of previous seasons tane what were they up to this week these couples well these couples not much once again But the things that caught my eye was that Stephanie from the Philadelphia season um, posted something where someone DM'd her and told her that she looks like Olivia Wilde, except Stephanie is prettier. I was like, well, does she look like Olivia Wilde? Then after you say it, I'm like, okay, they kind of do. They do. I see why someone would say that. So I just found that um, really interesting. Um, Couples Cam came back this week. I will be recapping that not long after this. But I did see something, and I don't know if I saw it incorrectly. I'm sure our lovely listeners will correct us. But there's only that, like, there's two episodes left of this season. So I'm not sure if next episode is going to be the last one. I'm going to look out and see if there's going to be previews for the next week. But if that's the case, um, Lifetime needs to get his shit together and figure out what they're doing with this show. Because my other disappointment was it came back, but they're still on the same timeline. It's still winter. AJ and Stephanie haven't even gone to Florida. Like, it's like, do they realize that we follow them on social media? So we kind of know what's going on. So it's redundant to just watch them that far behind, you know? Let me get this straight. They took a month off and then came back and said we're having three episodes and then a season finale. That's what I read, but I'm hoping it's not right because it doesn't make sense, but we'll see. Um, And speaking of Stephanie, um, some listeners did confirm that AJ and Stephanie only went to Florida for for a few months. They didn't move there permanently because we had talked about it two weeks ago, but I forgot to update the people. And I saw that they extended their stay for a month because she didn't. She said that she didn't get to do as much touristy stuff as she wanted. So they're staying longer. Yeah. 
And lastly, Dr. Viviana is touting this math spring refresh sweepstakes. So for those of you who might be interested, you get to win a one-on-one -on -one virtual consultation with Dr. Viviana, who did, they did not think worthy enough to be part of the experts this episode, but um, and also a one-year subscription to Rent the Runway, which I think is a really good gift. I would want the Rent the Runway before I want a consultation with Dr. Viviana. I would so, want the consultation and ask her all the questions. And she'd be like, this is not why we're here. <laughs> so, um, and also, you know, we've talked about Jamie has been celebrating her seventh anniversary. She is still talking about it. And her in-laws are coming into town to take care of the kids and they're going away. And, you know, she found a way to weave in her body positivity and was talking about how she's bigger than Doug now and how that's okay and love yourself and believe them. So, I mean, good on her. To be honest, I, I, I promised myself that I'll be nice to Jamie, but I don't know. Jamie's not genuine. She just always sounds disingenuous. So I'm just like, enjoy your anniversary and stop making it this whole thing. You stretched it out for like three weeks now. Oh. I, just then, for funsies, went to go see how many followers Jamie had. It was like 829,000 people. And I was like, 829,000 people care what this chick has to say. Whoa. I mean, on the flip side, we follow her too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. On the show she, account, not my personal account. <laughs> she did. She did. She did find a way to weave in that she hoped she was going to be pregnant during this but she got her period so you know I mean I understand that it's a business to be very honest with you it's a business but um I do wonder sometimes if there are anything she keeps for herself or to herself um because she's pretty open about for everything the sake of her family I hope something is being hidden yeah do I think that she's at no 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 <laughs> it is so much stress to be constantly looking in your life for content and especially her yeah. content has to match her themes. And her themes include mm -hmm. body positivity. Uh, yeah. So basically your whole day. How do you live your life when you're just looking for content all the time? Yeah. It's like being on all the time. So, yeah. But Couples Cam was back. Um, like I said, they did not speed up the timeline. Um, I'm convinced that Anthony and Ashley are the producer's favorites because it doesn't matter what it is. They are going to be on. They're one of the more consistent couples. They started the episode with them, but it had Mila, so that's okay. She's the cutest thing. But um, again, I've mentioned before how their whole storyline seems to be always like an operation something, something <laughs> spy. So not to disappoint again, it was him trying to surprise her by cleaning out the office that he uses for their baby room. And I just realized, I don't know what Anthony does for a living. I want to say something with events. Yeah, he, he, he does sell that stuff, but I just thought it was, that was his influencer job. But I don't know. I wasn't sure. But oh yeah, that's true. He puts on events. Cause I remember an episode of 4th of July and this is what he does. You're right. Eight. Thanks. Okay. He was like Chandler for a second. I was like, no one knows what he does. <laughs> but, <laughs> But anyways, he put up, put up the crib and painted the room. And I'm like, come on, guys. How did Anthony paint a room in the entire house? And Ashley, as nosy as she is, did not know that he painted the room. But okay, that was cute. Um, Keith and Christine, for the last two years since Couples Cam have been on TV, their, their storyline has been that home renovation. 
I've always said how impressive it is. Like, Christine is like a badass with home renovation. She does her dad taught her, and she does all this stuff. And Keith is just, I don't know what you're doing. He still hates working out. But thankfully, they're done. But now I'm worried, what is their story going to be? Because the house is done. Um, we had Beth and Jamie. Um, they were, <laughs> their storyline was that Beth made granola bars and put weed in it, but they they called it progressive granola bars and Jamie ate them quote unquote accidentally and he just passed out was playing guitar and then they had a section where they made them animated but that's another fave of the producers but the highlight of it was Amani and Woody came to visit um it was the birthday if everyone remembers Woody's birthday was epic I wasn't there but I felt left out like you know it was like an <laughs> ice cream Theme. They were dressing in the colors. Karen and Miles were there. But funny enough, in the episode, they chose to not address that Karen and Miles were there. They completely didn't even mention them in Denver. And they had their own complete storyline like they were still home. Again, <laughs> we have social media. It doesn't make sense to watch something when we know what really happened. But the whole story was, you know, it's their first birthday together. And these two, they're so in love. It's like, they're adorable. Like, you can just tell, like, they actually even like each other. So um, they met up with Beth and Jamie, and they had a picnic. And Amani, ever ready, comes through with the Oprah question, how does it feel to be all settled, and, you know, after everything. And, you know, Beth is just like, you know, we had our ups and downs, but now I'm obsessed with him, talk about being best friends. And it was cute. It was just a cute moment. Um, Karen and Miles, who were not shown in Denver, were reduced to having a story about Miles wanting a dog, and they made pros and cons. Of course, they were not getting a dog. They're very adamant they're not having kids now. And in the end, she gets him a fish. So, um, last couple was Bobby and Danielle. Um, so Bobby and Danielle, Danielle was having a test because she wanted to get tested to see if she had gestational diabetes. And I got to tell you, Danielle has given me more insight into pregnancy. Like, there's a lot of things that she has gone through. And there's a drink that you have to drink for the test. And it looks like Pedialyte. I'm pretty sure it doesn't taste like it. And she has to do it for the test. But then she decided that to make it easier, Bobby needs to drink something gross too. But his was like, it had milk, it had ranch dressing, it had olives. It was disgusting. Now, um, it did test positive and she did have gestational diabetes. But, I mean, she's had a baby now, so we know she's fine. But the interesting, <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing about their segment for me was like, when, Bob, when Bobby was in the scene, he had a t-shirt that said, a girl why podcast. Don't ask me why. I saw a girl why, and I was like, there has to be a black person involved in this. So, of course, I went to go Google. And the girl why, one half of them is two friends who used to be former co-workers, Vanessa and Terry, and one half of them is a black girl. And it's just a show where they talk about different aspects of life, but they have a lot of reality stars as guests. And Danielle was one of them. So oh. I don't know if they're friends and he was just helping promote, but I found that really interesting. And that took me on a rapid hole. So, <laughs> so um, that's about it for the couples. Oh, in the group conversation in the beginning, Woody, um, Beth thought that Woody had cut off his hair and then Steph made a joke and was, and, and Amani was like, no, he just has braids. And Steph was like, well, if you do cut your hair, you have to make sure you tell Amani first. If you're a fan and you watch New Orleans, you understand they had a fight about what to do with your hair. So, yeah. 
So that's about it for a couple scam. Who did we have? <laughs> One last thing to add on couples cam was like Woody did mention that they'll be traveling for his birthday. And for Woody and Amani, they put a lot of things on Instagram. I don't think I caught that they visited Beth and Jamie. Because Beth and Jamie has host have hosted a lot of people from the show. And we usually see it on there. But did you catch them with Woody and Amani? No. And I wonder yeah, so if I they intentionally left it out because they knew it was going to be on the show. Yeah, I absolutely think so. Because, I mean, they don't keep anything. I mean, I'm sure they do, but for something like that. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely would, so. But yeah, Aid, how did it go over and unfiltered? Uh, it was not a great episode, but not a terrible one. It was Dr. Viviana, Ryan, and Brianna. Ryan's shirt had the names of Black people killed recently by white supremacy. It was, unfortunately, a very long list. I couldn't even read all the names, but... Ryan is here every episode to remind us that Black Lives Matter, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. So on to the actual, you know, Married at First Sight part of the show. Um, I gave them crap for going back two weeks with Paige a little while ago, but they did the same thing to Ryan. They go back to the helicopter ride, and he just says, you know, we might not resolve everything in a day, but we have healthy communication and understanding with each other. So Jamie really does grill Ryan a little bit about this, this sex business. Um, she says, Claire is ready. What's holding you back? He doesn't really answer. He's like, I'm not looking for a perfect moment. I just want to be it to be right. And Jamie's like, are you not trying? <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm sorry. Did Jamie, Jamie of all people? <laughs> okay. Good point. He says he doesn't think he's not trying. Um, but a relationship is a two-way street, and he wouldn't want Clara to do anything she's uncomfortable with just because he wants to do it. So both of them need to arrive at this conclusion together. Bree thought that them doing the tantra yoga was funny, that they joke all the time, um, and that it was very, like, the way they acted was very representative of their personalities. They show, like, Paige and Chris and their idiocy. And Dr. Viviana say... You know, it's terrible to see her say that she's had a rough time. Dr. Viviana starts crying. Um, not cry, cry, but, you know, she gets a little like choked up. up. Yes. <laughs> and she acknowledges it. She's just glad that Paige is doing the right thing for herself. And Jamie says she's proud of Paige, too. Um, they show Haley and Jacob hanging out with Brianna and Vincent. Ask if Brie had a good time. And Brie was like, it was fun when we hung out individually, but together it was awkward. Uh, she said that they take jabs at each other, like, every time they're together. And so it's just awkward to be there. Dr. Viviana had this whole thing about how it's, like, hard for Jake because if he doesn't try hard, then she doesn't have the motivation, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> they do a dog segment. Brianna admits to being jealous of Cookie and Vincent's relationships in a very funny way. Um, Dr. Viviana compares it to incorporating a co-parent to kids. Um, they show Eric and Virginia and Bree's face when she's watching the segment of Eric and Virginia's argument. It was something. Ryan is such a diplomat. It's unfortunate it went in that direction. <laughs> Brianna doesn't know if Virginia's being overly defensive, but she basically makes it clear that there was a lot of talk about the dog and the training and et cetera, et cetera. 
amongst the girls or amongst her and, and Virginia. Dr. Viviana says, Eric doesn't like to have these conversations. <laughs> um, she says they get explosive. Cursing is a big deal. The, the Virginia and Eric have the capacity to be a lot more understanding, a lot more chill, and to work on their communication. Then they show, switch, they show Clara with the girls and the, I'm getting him off every night. I was honestly cringing, like, thinking, like, watching Ryan have to respond to this scene. <laughs> yeah. But he's Ryan. So he's like, no, I wasn't surprised at this scene at all. Ryan, I mean, Clara is very expressive. She's told me how she feels. Um, it was a constant conversation between the two of them. She had told him all of it. And he thinks she does a great job of expressing how she feels. And he has a very good sense of her level of frustration. What the hell? No follow-up <laughs> question? No follow-up questions. Because if you think about it, earlier in Unfiltered, he already answered, like, he already answered the question about, like, what's it going to take for you guys to have sex? And he's he gives the same answer every time. You know, he's very consistent. All right. So then they talk about decision day. And Bree says she's feeling good right now. And Ryan says he's feeling good, too. Um, he, he loves to talk about how great their communication is. And that's, like, what's going to keep them going. Ryan is so happy with Clara. <laughs> that's all I can think. But it doesn't, it's like, I'm not sure if that happiness is built on a firm foundation. Or he's being a politician. He hates looking bad. Okay. <laughs> all right. So on to this week. I'm going to be real honest. I did not like this episode at all. <sighs> I didn't mind it, but it was tedious to watch. And it was frustrating to watch because... I don't understand the experts finally showing up, not doing anything, and not having the couples together at the same time. Yeah, it felt, I mean, sometimes we've called episodes filler episodes. I actually thought this yeah, was yeah. worse than a filler episode. There was <laughs> nothing, there, there were maybe, to me, like 10 minutes of new issues, or things we didn't know before, or insights, or even things to criticize. The rest of it was retreads of people's same issues. And then, yeah, we're going to get into it, but no one was being honest. Liars. So it was just, <laughs> what was happening? So it's just, again, this season has been plagued by terrible edits. We have so many people staring at each other, responding and nodding to things that are not being shown to us. <laughs> <laughs> there are conversations being had that is not being shown to us. So it's like they're living a different reality. Like the beauty of reality shows, you know, when the talent in the shows go, oh, oh I was edited a certain way. For us, it's like, well, no. But with Married at First Sight, it's very obvious that, yes, you are indeed being edited. Like they have it 13 seasons in, I mean, 12, and they haven't honed their editing skills. This is one of my biggest gripes about this show. Do you think that they haven't honed their editing skills or I've, I've always said it. The successful couples are filled with people who are just normal. They are not reality TV people. They are not going to act the fool for you. No matter. I think people are pushed pretty far, but they still don't really act out. So because they miss all of that stuff, the editors get all crazy, splicing things together, pushing in sentences, creating narratives, like, I think that's why the editing on the show is so bad is because the people are too normal. 
<laughs> yeah, that maybe that's true. They don't have fights that are explosive. Someone throwing drinks and stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. But I didn't. I think you hated the episode more than I did. I wondered if it was the worst episode of Married at First Sight I'd ever seen. Ever? I mean, ever is a lot. I would say at least between this season and last season. I mean, last season was pretty much awesome. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, I can agree with you. It was not it was not good at all. It, it just seemed pointless. Let's put it that way. So we start with Virginia and Eric. And Virginia is excited because her sister is coming around. Her sister's name is Jennifer with a G. And she is here with her much talked about kids, her sons. And her sister asked them how they're doing. And she hasn't had a chance to catch up with Virginia because Virginia has been so busy. Eric starts with his usual lies saying that they get along so well and that they only argue about the small stuff. Now, we know our girl, Virginia, is not one to let things go. She's like, no, the things we argue about are not small stuff. They're pretty big. And this whole time, you know, I don't know that I'm ever going to get used to Virginia talking about serious stuff, but she's also smiling. I know it's like nervous laughter smile, but it always throws me off. So she's doing that thing and she's saying it. And I'm just wondering, are the kids right there? I mean, my question gets answered later on in the scene, but that was my question was because they had a close up to their faces and I'm like, it wasn't like a wide shot because when they walked in, the kids just sat right down and I'm like, are they having this conversation in front of the kids? So Virginia um, tells his, um, her sister about their argument about the living arrangements and Eric tries to say that, you know, it's his first house and he always saw himself buying and then the sister with a chuckle, the equivalent of a LOL when you say something serious, rightfully reminds him that, yes, but you also didn't plan to get married this way, a.k.a. plans change and change with it. Eric was not happy about it. His face was all stony and just like, lady, don't come here and correct me. But he's not dealing with Virginia. So her sister tells us um, that Virginia has not been in a lot of serious relationships, so it's important to her that they don't go in with rose-colored glasses. So then, like I mentioned earlier, my question is answered because the boys are suddenly there and they pull the reality trope of finding something to do to give people privacy to speak. And they go, quote-unquote, help Eric walk Rocky, and the ever-shady production makes a show out of Eric at the door telling Rocky, sit! Sit. I'm like, we've had enough of this. We <laughs> get it. <laughs> so as soon as they leave, Jennifer immediately asks Virginia, um, can I trust my kids to go outside with him? And that cracked me up, Aid. <laughs> what? And you know what? I was like, dang, that is shady. But <laughs> we saw last week that Eric, I think he hit the dog. Oh. I think I missed that. Where Virginia was like, don't hit my dog. Oh, when she got mad when they were talking on the couch, right? Yeah. So um. <laughs> if you don't have patience for animals, you're not going to have patience for kids. So, but yeah. I still think it was terrible to be like, it, I'm, I wonder if production even went with them on this, this walk. So <laughs> I, I didn't think it was great what her sister said, but I felt like that's exactly. what it was referenced to. <laughs> I mean, she said it for a reason, but also, I mean, you're asking after the fact. So do you, are you <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do now? <laughs> so um, Virginia actually doesn't say, no, you're fine. She pauses. Oh, maybe that was editing, but she does pause. And then she says, 
You know, I actually have not seen him with kids. <laughs> but he the wants only to be a correct answer to that is no, Virginia. Not, exactly. Like, <laughs> Without a pause. Sometimes a pause is an answer. So, <laughs> and then she goes, but he wants to be a dad like tomorrow. And then her sister asks her, is there anything else concerning that, you know, I need to know? And Virginia mentions that she finds him more controlling than she'd like. Um, their lifestyles are different, and their dad and him have the same exact social and political views, which is where she struggles. And I wondered, do you think their dad speaks to their sister? Like, is it a difference of opinion, but not to the I, point where they can speak or, you know? Well, back to this, because remember... Her dad says he only has one daughter. So I thought her sister was from her mom's side. <laughs> so I don't well, know where which dad she's speaking of. Is it her stepdad? Because I don't think they have the same father. Okay, um, and that's possible. But also when she said it, she didn't say... Okay, maybe... Yeah, Did she, she say dad and dad. him? So yeah. I think maybe her sister knows when she says dad and him, that means her dad. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, that also makes sense because I was thinking, oh, they don't look alike. Not that all siblings look alike, but I couldn't find a resemblance. But yeah, so her sister puts it simply and it's like, listen, either you click or you don't click. Um, Virginia tells us they're meeting with the experts and she hopes it helps them because they are breaking at the moment. And as an introduction, when we said it earlier at the top of the the show, the experts come in. It's not all three. It is just Dr. Pepper. Yay, she's alive and pass a cow and they're meeting with them individually and i just kept wondering how do you think they sat and divvied up who sits with who so <laughs> it seemed like all the men spoke to wait i thought it was a gender thing where all the men spoke to pastor cal and all the women spoke to dr pepper but that's not what happened no that's not what happened i, I was thinking that too but they divvied up because eric spoke to dr pepper and yeah mm, okay yeah so um, Virginia is up first with Pascal, and I wasn't sure where they met up because the outside shot wasn't their apartment. It was like an office building or so. Okay. So Virginia says, uh, you know, they're just catching up small talk and it's like, it's been a while and it's been like very long weeks. Pascal's like, oh, wow. Okay. Let's talk about it. And then you're going to find like, as we go through all the couples, the first question they ask them is to mention all the good things about their relationship. So he asked her, what are the best things about your relationship? She goes, they connected and on the chemistry and get along level. They're similar in mannerisms, but the good days are good and the bad days are bad. Pascal is like, oh, welcome to marriage. Wah, wah, wah. And then he says, the goal is to answer unanswered questions about Eric and what question comes to mind. You know, with this couple, their top issue varies with each week. And she goes, the big difference is the kids thing. And she wants to understand him saying, if they don't have kids, he's done. And this starts the, the whole pattern of all the couples, as far as I'm concerned, lying in this session. Because this kids thing, we've talked about it before. Why is this a thing? She has always said, well, to us, that she doesn't mind having a child. She just wants to wait. And it's just, you know, it's not, she's 50-50 on it. So... She explains that she has a fear of being pregnant. And also, A, did we know this? No, I don't think it's been mentioned before. 
which was the other thing that I didn't like about this episode is that we've been watching these people for how many weeks and we are still finding out new things in episode 13. So what are all the things that is going on that they're not telling us about? She, okay, she explains that she has a fear of being pregnant and being a bad mom. And I'm thinking Eric is probably not helping that fear because, you know, he keeps reinforcing that things that are happening are her fault. So Pascal asks about the fear and she mentions some conversation that she had recently with her dad where she mentions things in her childhood that her dad didn't even realize. So she feels that parents sometimes get caught up and do things that they don't realize affect their kids. Pascal tells her that he has kids and the thing is you always do things to screw them up in some way, which is facts. I always have to believe that, listen, parents are going to fuck up their kids intentionally or unintentionally. But here's the thing. There's something about the way Pascal said it that makes me think that he's one of those people that thinks that everyone should be a mom. And if someone told him that they didn't want kids, he'll try to convince them, no, this is why you should be a mom versus respecting their choice. What did you think? You are so correct. <laughs> I felt like the desire to not be a parent was really, I mean, it came up later on too, but it was comp- like Pastor Cal was very disrespectful because it's an issue that needs to be worked through between Virginia and Eric. But it's almost yeah. like Pastor Cal came in with like, well, how do I convince you to have kids? Because yeah. that's what I think everybody should do. And that's what Eric wants. Where is the consideration for like, maybe you guys shouldn't have kids? Where's that? Yeah. Like, what if she is right? And she's going to be a bad mom. I, I, I think it's taboo to say, I mean, not every parent is a good parent. And that's just a God honest truth. <laughs> so if, if there's some self-awareness like and that's not saying that it's not going to change but where she is in her life everything that's going on and it's not like she has a husband that's making her feel secure at the moment she just feels like i'm not convinced i want to have a child and that's okay you know but anyways he tells her that the mere fact that she has the presence of mind to not want to screw up her kids tells him that she's going to be a good mom but okay i believe um, that too though I think if you could go into parenting with some self-awareness, if you do decide to do it, I think that that is very helpful. Just the idea that you don't want to screw up your kids. You'll do better than someone who isn't thinking of it. (laughs) (laughs) So Virginia clarifies that for her, it's the ultimatum that scares her. And I I really appreciate how clear Virginia was about her points. So Pascal tells her that she has to let him know that and she has to let him know that it affects her. And this is where I was like, um, bruv, that's why you're here. Like, again, another reason why this episode was just shit was like, the experts are here to help with the communication that clearly it's being difficult when it's just two of them. So when you have two people in a room and you're a quote unquote expert, you help facilitate that conversation that is difficult to have with a third party. Like, what the fuck? Do you mean like a counselor or a therapist? You mean like that? Yes. Because marriage <laughs> counselors and marriage therapists, yes, they work with you individually, but at some point they work with you together because that's yeah. what you're working on. Listen, it's either we do that or we don't call them experts. Just call them occasional visitors or something. I don't know. Occasional people to vent to. Because this was ridiculous. So he tells her that it's a question she has to ask. How does he define what marriage looks like? 
because he has a paradigm that he's working from where he's comparing his past versus his present, which I thought was actually insightful because it is true, because Eric knows what marriage is supposed to be like. That's why he came on a show to get married, but hey. And she says loyalty is the biggest thing in marriage for her and, and life for her. And again, he tells her that Eric needs to know that and it's time to get vulnerable. I, I just... How much more vulnerable can Virginia get? She's told him about her anxiety. She's told him about her fears about parenting. She's told him about her family and how it wasn't the best. Like, I don't know. I think he was off the mark on that one. But all I was thinking is, how are the different political and social views not number one? Can we solve that before we even talk about kids? Because what happens when you have kids? Eric is going to be like, they're my kids and they're staying with me or else I'm done. So, hello, but probably too controversial for the show. So let's go with kids, right? <laughs> well, it's well, also her sister kind of brushed it to the side too. I feel like we might have, clearly if, if kids were such, not kids, if the political stuff was such a big deal for Virginia, she would have called it done already. But we are, I think you and I are placing more of importance on this than even Virginia is. I Let think she tell- might be able to willing to be put put push past these social issues if everything else was good. But I feel like the fact that the social issues don't come up as much is because they have all these other issues that also bother her. I agree, and I can see that. But here is my other factor. I don't know what's been going on this week. I've just come across a lot of things in reading and watching where there is something about the human psyche where you know something is bad, but you've grown up with it with it, and you tell yourself, I'm never going to do it. And somehow you end up in that same situation. I'll give like a, a an example. Chris Brown grew up watching his dad beat his mom up and he's like, I'll never do that. But he grew up and was doing the same thing. There's also that saying that people marry their dads because there's some psychological thing to it. And I'm thinking for someone who's not been in a lot of healthy relationships, not been in a lot of serious relationships and growing up with her dad. And then, you know, even though it's unhealthy or his political views or anything like that, she kind of still, even though she was matched, ended up with her dad in a way. So it's what she knows. Because sometimes people stay in things that are not exactly the best for them, but it's also what they know. And it's familiar. Yes. So it bothers her, but she also is comfortable with it. Yes, that could be it. But hopefully she recognizes it's not healthy. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out. (laughs) So Dr. Pepper um, gets Eric. And this was a fascinating conversation because um, she asked Eric um, about the high point and... (laughs) I feel like everyone should just sing this all together now. We have an instant connection. We're laughing. We're joking. We are so good. It's amazing. I love her. I really do. So I don't I don't want to fight with her ever. He says they chip into their issues, but they don't resolve it. That was about the only truth that was said there. But Dr. Pepper brings up the dog. And just to show, like, can I just say, Dr. Pepper came no nonsense. Dr. Pepper was not... <laughs> about that life <laughs> she was not here to laugh or smile she just comes up with a dog she's like I heard about the dog and but she asked him to mention the one thing that scares or worries him about that situation and he goes she's set on it being her dog versus ours and then Dr. Pepper just 
why do you need to be that dog's dad? My job. My I'm like, I missed you, Dr. Pepper. I mean, I have my issues with you, but still. <laughs> but um Let's talk and crap about the show, this episode. I, I I must have forgotten some key points because that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at her like, wait a second, I don't actually have a good answer to this question. But she was like, Why you want to be his daddy so bad? <laughs> I think he also realized, like, this whole um, politician's rant I got going is not going to fly with Dr. Pepper because she was just stony-faced looking at him. And then he asked, um, and then she goes further, and she's like, also, what if it was a kid from a previous marriage? So you think you're just going to come in and then, you know, think you're going to be on an equal footing? You have to give it time, and you have to see it from her perspective. And Eric just, he was dumbfounded. He's just like, I see it. I just never saw it because I care so much, right, buddy? And then she asks um, his questions, like, what would you want to ask her? And he says he asked for an independent person, but she's almost too independent for him, and it can be a problem. <laughs> for example, when she wants to do things on the weekend, it's going to happen whether he wants to or not. Dr. Pepper says it's obviously not okay but it is fair to ask for a weekend and see how she feels about it. Dr. Pepper also says that they can't have a decent conversation during and after drinking. And I get that young people like to drink, but more than a couple of glasses. Really? Do you really think that's okay for your wife? Aid, I'm going to let you have this and let me know what you thought about this sentence or question. I was of two minds. When she first started it, something about last week that was kind of kind of coming through is that when they were having that argument in bed, I was unsure if Eric was sober or if he was still drunk from the night before. (laughs) (laughs) So when she started, I thought that's what she meant. Like, you guys shouldn't have arguments when you're both drunk. But then she kept on going and I was like, you already know this man is like their relationship is having issues because of him being controlling. So you think it's a good idea as a therapist to feed into that with, do you think that's okay for your wife? That's not good. Dr. Pepper. That's not good. It wasn't good. Like I thought he came up a little judgy and I like you, I was of two minds because I totally get what she was saying. Like nothing good is going to come out of a conversation if you are intoxicated, but it was the way she was saying it. And when she said young people, like, I know, like, people who are young like to drink. And then she goes, more than a couple of glasses, really? And then, is that okay for your wife? Yeah, so um, that didn't go so well. But Dr. Pepper says a lot of their blow-ups have been with alcohol. And you could tell, like, Eric was just lapping all of this up. Like, he just feels like it was vindication. And then Dr. Pepper continues by saying that he needs to be honest without being cruel. And Eric says that's a fine line. And Dr. Pepper is like, yeah, okay, it's a fine line, but it's the right line. You need to ask her why they can't stop drinking for a while and see if it increases their communication. For one, I just can't imagine Virginia not drinking. I don't see her taking this well. If they were in the same room, she might receive it from a third party, not from him. But what do I know? But out loud, I did say this is just ridiculous. The experts are basically outsourcing their jobs. And I only see disaster with this, and I just, I, I can't. But <laughs> So there was a moment on here, and I, I don't know if you noticed, or maybe it was just me. I didn't know if it was like, Dr. Pepper 
ever seem to have tremors? I don't know if she's always had it in the beginning. I did not notice this. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe it was just me. I don't know. So anyways, um, the storyline continues. Whenever the couples meet individually, they end up back at the apartment to download and find out, you know, what the other talked about. So Pascal adds um, what I think was a caveat to them having a terrible showing of their expertise by saying everything can be answered in one question and it's going to take continued work. I'm like, okay. Eric tells Virginia that he was told to let Rocky go. And then Virginia is so pleased about this. She's like, yes, thank you, Dr. Pepper. I'm like, oh, but wait, Virginia, there's more. (laughs) He brings up the alcohol, but Virginia says like, yeah, any argument that they've had would have happened with or without alcohol. Do you think that's true, Aid? Um, The arguments, yes, because the disagreements will be the same. But guess what, Virginia? It's a lot easier to argue with your spouse when you both aren't drunk. (laughs) much more productive (laughs) of course she didn't take it very well and she just says I'm not talking about it aka I am not going to talk about this on camera I I, I think she's sensitive about the drinking because I, I, I don't think this is the first scenario where comments have been made about her drinking do you think I don't know but I do know that this is why you need the therapist there because I don't think she can receive Mm -hmm. criticism about her drinking from Eric. Yeah, absolutely not. This was just a shit show from the beginning. I will say though that Amani did tweet about it and was like, what the heck? Like if she needs help with her drinking, then I need help because I drink just as much. But I think Amani was missing the points Dr. Pepper was making. These people are not, you know, I'm like, are Armani and Woody having drunken arguments? Yeah. <laughs> because that's what's going on with Erica Virginia. So Armani, uh... <laughs> I don't know. So Virginia brings up his ultimatum with the kid stuff. And we all know Eric. He didn't even let her get it out of her mouth. He's like, I don't mean it like that. It's more like it's a deal breaker. And then she goes, okay, yeah, so an ultimatum. And he's like, no, I refuse to accept that it's an ultimatum. So she says how he hurts. And he says if she can't have kids, he's not leaving. But he sucks because she'll be so good. But if you notice, he did say that for if she can't have kids. He didn't address it for if she doesn't want kids. And Virginia says, that's nice. He thinks I'll be a great mom, but I'm not sure that I agree. (laughs) But this is where wanting to have kids and not wanting to have kids, like that is a deal breaker in any relationship. Yeah. It's, It's not an ultimatum. It's a deal breaker. I kind of agree with him there. But it's also like Virginia's entitled to not want to have kids. It's not crazy for him to hear some of her doubts and, like, address them. Previously, the way he said it to me has been really rude. Yeah. But the sentiment he's expressing is actually kind of correct. Yes. And let me say how I feel about this. And we've talked about this a lot of the times where we feel like Eric does have a point a lot of the times. Because Virginia is no angel in this marriage. Because a lot of the things she does is kind of selfish. And kind of like on an individual point of view, like she is always like thinking of it in terms of me versus us. And he is. So the issue is 
in the beginning, she did say, I don't mind having kids. I'm 50-50. I'm not sure. I think she stuck to her guns about not having kids because they're not good. The, the issue is you have to remember that this is married at first sight and they've only known each other for like, what, four weeks and some change. Where Eric is focused on making ultimatums and laying down the law and getting things all together, he should be putting that energy into making her feel safe. And he's not doing that. Correct. So if he did that, then she might actually, like, now it's not a, I get you want to have kids. She's not exactly entirely like, no, I'm not. I think she just made a hard left and was like, okay, no, I don't want kids now because is this what we're going to bring the kids into anyways? Because at the end of the day, if you don't want kids um, and you have a kid just because that's, you can't take kids back. So, <laughs> so yeah, the sentiment is right. Like you said, like it is a deal breaker, but telling someone, if you don't want kids, I'm done. Ah, not the best way. And this will come up again later in the episode, but like when people say they want kids, they should be very, very specific. Do you want to have kids or do you want to be a parent? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because there are multiple routes like, if Virginia's only thing is that she's scared of childbirth, you can get kids other ways. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you can, like, go to the store and buy them. I'm not saying it's an easy process or an uncomplicated process. I'm just saying, if the, your desire in life is to be a parent, then you need to think that through from your desire in life to have kids. And where does one yeah. start and one end? Absolutely. I also noticed that Eric says, I get that a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to say I get that a lot, but it sounds like I get that a lot. But he says I get that to her all the time. But anyways, um, he goes on to ask about the weekend. This is another issue where I think Eric has a point, but Virginia is just like, nope, I'm, I'm from Team Friends. He asks, like, you know, she has to set aside one weekend with her. And she says, yeah, but you have to plan it. <laughs> and set aside weekends for them, but she's like... It's not fair to ask her to cancel stuff on her friends. Again, Eric has a point, but he goes on to dig his heels in and is like, well, it's okay for you to tell them that you're canceling stuff for your husband, which is not entirely bad, but <laughs> the way he this says it. entire, like, by the time they're done, I was like, this is just logistics. <laughs> it's logistics. Virginia is like, I don't want to set aside a weekend unless you plan for us to do things on that weekend. And I think in his mind, he's like, isn't the plan that we're just going to spend together that weekend? But now I have to, like, dream up activities. Yeah. And then she's like, and he's very honest, like, my job might make it to where I have to cancel. And she's like, well, unless you can 100% guarantee me that we're going to do exactly what we planned, then I will not be blocking off time for us to just hang out. It's like, Virginia, you do not like this man. And then I'm like, well, is, is Virginia just so scared? That she might have to sit at home by herself for a couple of evenings? <laughs> yeah, it is. Because I got to tell you, by the end of their scene, I'm just like, you know, I've said it about Chris. What do they think that he was ready to get married for? I don't know. Again, I, now I'm just really looking forward to watching that matchmaking special. Because I don't know what they saw in Virginia that she was ready for marriage because there's a lot of shit she needs to work through. Like, it's not just like, she's very committed to her friends. She's very committed to drinking. She's very committed to living her own life. And then they now gave her someone who is in a different life stage than she is, which I just think is not the best move. I honestly thought one weekend was too little. 
I'm like, shouldn't it be two weekends a month? Like, shouldn't it be 50-50? <laughs> I'm not saying for fairness. I honestly was thinking to myself, like, one weekend a month is not a lot to ask to she sit just, at home or to hang out just the two of them instead of with her friends. They've all, There's that saying, like, you know someone is for you when you're able to just sit with them in silence and you're still content. But there are some people who are not willing to sit in silence. That might make them have to face all of the things. <laughs> or even like I, I felt kind of bad for Eric because is the idea that she and for her also like I seriously from this conversation thought Virginia doesn't enjoy an evening at home by herself. Yeah. As a person who really enjoys an evening at home by myself, I don't really understand these people. I'm like, wouldn't you want to just sit and watch some Netflix, eat some cookies? Yeah. Like <laughs> by yourself? Yeah. Do you not enjoy your own company? apparently not and I think that's to your point what Eric's point was is like why do you not want to just spend time with me like he shouldn't even have to ask he should be telling her friends like girl I got my husband at home I want to hang out with like you know it's not going to be the same I want to hang out with you all the time but instead it's the reverse she's like no I have a standing appointment to drink I'm not canceling that so and then I'm like isn't your friends a group so if three of them have a plan and like Eric happens to be home that weekend because he doesn't have to work you will not cancel like <laughs> <laughs> that it seems is what she's saying so yeah that's all I got on them I, I I don't know where they're gonna go we've said it before we do think that they're going to stay together but it is not healthy at all Mm-mm. at all it's sad <laughs> it really is I think because it's such a bad match. There is some, like, no matter what Eric does wrong or what an ass he is, it's still just a bad match. I really, really hate to say this, but a good match for Eric would have been Kate from Philly. Really? That is just what he needs someone, and that's what he wants. He doesn't want someone that is independent. He wants someone that's so calm and sweet and, you know... All about her whole life revolves around her husband. I don't really envision Kate being that way, though. Kate? Of Kate and Luke? Yeah, I don't envision her being like that. Oh, I do. Anyway, so on to Brianna and Vincent. Pastor Cal, in sort of his opening, says that the couples are learning everything annoying about each other at this stage. So then we see Brianna trying to get Vincent out of bed. He says, give me three hours, and she says 30 minutes. I was quite horrified. <laughs> Why were you horrified? I was like, if I say three hours, I mean three hours, go away. <laughs> <laughs> God help the person who messes with my sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to tell on myself, but I'm not one of those who like sleeps a lot. Like it's hard for me to even nap. So whenever like I'm around people who just sleep in and just like I get I, I get antsy. I'm like, why are you sleeping? Like, wake up! I'm awake. God <laughs> makes us all kinds of ways. <laughs> he does. So I don't like identifying things in myself through Brianna. So I'm always like, oh my god, fast forward, keep keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> On a separate note, Bree says that they've talked about finances and expenses, but they need to do everything. Bree says she's not frugal, and he just started a business in April. That statement does not give us any insight into what is going on with either of their finances. 
I get the sense that Brie is making a lot of money, but I don't know how much Vincent is making. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the general sentiment is when you start a business, there's like a lot going in and it takes a while to start making a profit. You don't make a profit until like after a year. I, I guess. Uh, I wish they would have been more specific about where money is coming from because that colors the whole budget discussion. So it felt like we didn't have all the information for the budget discussion. Like context, yeah. So they talk about the car budget, how much he spends on hair, how much he spends on clothes. He looks shocked by how much he spent on clothes. The only reason I was shocked is I'm like, we're in a pandemic. Who's spending money on clothes? I mean, it was a high number, but I guess it wasn't an unreasonable number to me. Um, They talked about entertainment. They just kept on going back and forth. And then they scroll to the top and their budget for a month is like $9,000. Oh my God. Did you see that? Yeah. That's why I was like, oh my God. On one hand, I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, well, I guess I could see kind of how your budget could be $9,000. And then (laughs) if you have it, I mean, that's the thing about money. If you have it, if your joint income is 15K a month, then spending 9K is not that bad. I don't think their joint income is 15K a month though. No, and I get it. Like sometimes you can have it and you're still, again, not to identify with them, but I'm a saver. And my husband is a spender. So that conversation was just like, wow, is this real life talking about it? So I think Bree is just one of those is like, life is short. I make money. I'm going to have fun. So Bree is concerned about them dating, which if you get married at first sight, you should be concerned about. We should date for a while. Like that should be part of the process. Um, And Vincent's like, but if we have a house and it has like everything we want, then how much do we need to go out? And one part of this argument, I'm just like, but you guys don't have the house yet. Like, this is a theoretical (laughs) future that you're arguing about. (laughs) Let's stick to the present. And Brianna's just like, I don't want to sit at home. And Vincent wants to to spend less, save more. The reason why I feel like there's a lack of context in this budget discussion is like, when you're the one making the money, and you have a spouse who then wants to tell you how to spend the money. Yeah. That can be a bit of an issue. So it's like, if they're both equally bringing in the same amount, then this conversation is very different. Then if, like, Vincent's making a third of what Brianna's making, and then he's telling her she needs to save, eh, it's a different conversation. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. But it was reminiscent of Olivia and Brett. And I'm just like, what is it about this men? Why do you not want to date your wives? And also, why do you think it has... Okay, I know Brianna said a date has to be like $200, but there are other things that you can do. Like, why do they always, like, bulk every time someone talks about spending money? Like, does Vince, after last week, listing all the things he wants her to take her on a date for, think they should just sit home? I'm like, where do you... Yeah, money. That's why... I I mean, it's why it's a difficult thing in relationships, because... Yeah. Money means different things to different people. Yeah. So they don't really resolve anything about the budget conversation. <laughs> or, I mean, maybe they did. I don't know. But we see Pastor Cal sit down with Vince. He walks in and Pastor Cal compliments his shoes. And he's like, Brie got me these shoes. Um, <laughs> Pastor Cal asks what's going well. And he says they have fun. And beyond that, they take care of each other. And he says that they both come from warm families and that's what they brought to their relationships. I'm like, oh, you guys are so cute. 
Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, like, when Vince was so happy that Brianna got in the shoes, that's part of the, you know, clothes budget, you know? Uh, it, don't exactly. Complain. <laughs> don't complain when you're reaping the fruits of that labor. So... <laughs> Vincent says that she likes things done a certain way and that she's narrow-minded and that his attention span is not good. He's working on getting better. And Vincent says she thinks I'm being lazy, but I'm not. I was like, have you actually asked her if she thinks you're being lazy? Because that sounds like some Vincent projection. So Pastor Cal reassures Vincent that it's okay to sleep in and that Vincent needs to hear that it's okay to take care of himself sometimes and to think selfishly a little bit. While Pastor Cal was providing this explanation, I don't really disagree with. I felt like we were missing the underpinnings of like why that's actually okay. He didn't really explain that. So then we see Dr. Pepper with Brianna and she asks the same question. What are the high points? And she says he's kind. He's very joyous. He brings her up when she's down. He makes her feel really good. And she didn't think that he would be this special. Then they talk about the challenges, different communication styles. She says things right then and there, and he doesn't. He brushes it off, and then he doesn't let her know what's happening. So she's asked him to let her know when he's upset. Um, They talk about the financial stability and why it's important to him and their budgeting style. And she says she's worked hard for the money, so she wants to enjoy it. And she wants to keep life fun, and he wants to budget for the future. And she wants to have experiences together and go places together. Dr. Pepper asks, like, what it, what does it mean to his sense of dignity and his ability to provide? And money is always more about money. Yes, Dr. Pepper, yes. <laughs> then they talk about kids. Bree says he wants kids sooner than she does. She wants two to three years. He wants one year. And Brianna says she's scared of being pregnant because she has high blood pressure. It's scary to her, and she hasn't really told him. Dr. Pepper says they should talk about it. And then there's some overly dramatic music. (laughs) There really was. So I want to go back to something that Pastor Cal said to Virginia, where he was really, really dismissive of her fear of, like, the physical aspects of childbirth. I was actually really upset about it. (laughs) Really upset. Okay, first off, you're a man. So you're never going to give birth. So you don't get to be dismissive when a woman says, I'm really concerned about giving birth. Having a kid can kill you. And I get it. We're in America. Healthcare is great. But through these conversations with Virginia and Brianna, I, I very much would like for people to be reminded that having a child can kill you. And it still does. Women die every day in this country from childbirth. Black women die even more. Yep. So, I mean, and Dr. Pepper, I don't think was as dismissive as Pastor Cal was, but this this show is, you know, I guess sometimes as deep as a Petri dish, and so therefore they didn't really go into it, but (laughs) if someone says that they're, like, scared to die in childbirth, because when people say they're scared of the physical aspects, I I really do believe it's the fear of not making it out alive. Yeah. Yeah. That should be addressed. I think because, I mean, I know it's a natural thing in life. You have children, you give birth. People have forgotten how it is actually a life-threatening thing to carry a child to term and then actually go through the whole labor. And it's just by, you know, the grace of God, like everyone just makes it through. Look at Danielle, if we're putting in the context of maths. She nearly died. Brianna and Vincent go and talk and they talk about money and they don't resolve anything. (laughs) 
They end up with like, we could both do a better job on both sides. We're a family now, not single people out in the world. And Vincent says something about how like he's already done nice things and he's had fancy cars. And it was kind of like, oh, so you spent all the fun money before you got married and now you don't want to spend fun money anymore? (laughs) Like, I disagree. (laughs) My take on this is this is Vinny's insecurity coming up again. He knows she makes more money than him. He doesn't want to be shown out where he might not be able to afford it. So he's coming up with this cock and bull story of saving and saying or whatever. But really, it's just like, she makes more money than me and I don't want to be, quote unquote, disrespected. It's so bad. It's just like, it's like what people like about someone they don't like about something. I truly believe that Vincent respects and appreciates that Brianna is successful. Mm -hmm. But he still has that insecurity holding him back. And it's like, well, if you like this about someone, you, you have to take both things, which is that they might make more money than you. Yeah. So then, because, you know... This is this relationship is actually pretty equally yoked. Brianna decides to come with some bullshit too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on, the, on the subject of sleeping in, he's like, Vincent's like, how can we compromise? And she says, you can go to sleep earlier and wake up earlier. You're on the phone late. So if you just put your phone away, then you could wake up earlier. <laughs> that is not a compromise. <laughs> He kept, he kept saying, he was like, what is your compromise? You go to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> they got nowhere with that. Brianna's like, he's frustrated. And then they talk about kids and she tells him she's afraid to give birth. And she talks about pain, fluids, and high blood pressure, which as a specific medical issue, I mean, that is really one that can kill you. Like, high blood pressure as a pregnant woman, it kills people every day. She's like, you know, I should have told you about this. Like, we should have talked about it more. But, you know, they have only known each other for six weeks. And he tries to come with, well, the longer we wait, the harder it will be for you. And Brianna says she understands that, but it's still scary. And they show, like, an interview. And he says that he can't imagine being on a deathbed and I don't have children around. Which brings me back to my point about do you want to have a kid or do you want to be a parent? Because Brianna does not have to give birth for you to have kids at your bedside when you die. Yep, because what happens if she physically can't have children? Are you going to leave her because you want that? But can can we go back to when she tells Vincent about her thoughts about childbearing? I thought it was weird. So when she spoke to Dr. Pepper, she was very clear about, you know, it's health related, no matter what she does, and she's scared about dying. But I felt like the way she presented it to Vince, it didn't come off that way. The the high blood pressure seemed to come as number 15, because she's like, the fluids, I don't want the fluids, I don't want my body changing, I don't want that to happen. Then she mentioned the high blood pressure. I don't know. You're right. It was just the way difference. it was framed. Yeah. Yes in the way that it was framed. Either way, I just feel like Vincent didn't have a ton of compassion in that moment. Like, as the half of the partner that is not giving birth to this child, you need to come out with with a a certain amount of compassion that was seemed to be missing there. Okay, I'm not defending him, but I can kind of get it, which is why I had an issue with how she presented it, because one, this is not a conversation for their, how many times they've said I love you that she should have kept from him. It's pretty important. She should have said this 
a long time ago for all the conversations that they had. And then two, if someone comes to me and like, I'm okay, maybe I'm not pretty sure, but I feel like he's talked about kids before and how much he wants them because she mentioned that, that I know he really wants kids. And if someone came to me and you've never told me, and then you tell me like, oh, I just don't want to have kids because I don't want to change my body. <laughs> I won't receive it the same way as if you present it in the health related fear and I'm going to die and all that. Because she seemed to say that part casually. And really? knowing how Vincent is, well, I feel like she did. I just, I don't know. I, like, I, she, I mean, I get that dying is not the same as getting fat, but I do feel like the changes in your body, like, that's just as legitimate as a concern. Um, yes, it is. It is a concern. I get it. But I'm thinking of, I think because... I'm really trying not to be rude. I just really think this is where Brianna's brattiness comes. Like, Brianna doesn't want her life to change. Brianna is about enjoying her life to the fullest. Like, she just wants to do what she wants to do, enjoy her life to the max. She doesn't want anything to interrupt. So I don't necessarily think, like, she wants kids, but I just think, like, it's something she should have, well, biologically, I just think it's something she should have told him. And also, not that it's not a valid reason, it's hard for Vincent to accept these reasons and not see that shallow. <laughs> it's a valid reason to her. And, you know, it's just, she's not ready for her lifestyle to change. She just understands how much children are a life suck. And that's just what it is. Like children are a blessing and good and all that stuff, but they really do also suck the life out of you. Suck the life and take a lot. And she recognizes that she's aware. She's self-aware enough to know that. And, She's not ready for that to happen. And that's valid. But to him, that's just like, no, people get married. People have children. People leave legacies. It's always annoying to me. There's certain men that are so focused on my legacy, my future, my this. And I'm like, okay, calm down. Woody and Vincent can start a club. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's where I feel like, again, I do feel this episode, there was a lot of stuff that we were not told. I feel like there are different conversations that are being had off camera. So who knows? All right. So they didn't end very well, but they ended. So one last thing that I noticed, I just kept staring at Vinny's brows. I'm like, these brows look like they're groomed. Specifically, they look like they're being waxed. And I just wondered if that was added into the budget. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> that stuff doesn't come cheap. <laughs> we move on to the other problem children, Haley and Jacob. We start with Jacob coming through with the scruffy beard. They ask him his high, and his only high was that there's a physical attraction to her. That he spent most of the relationship living by her rules, trying to find a connection, and he doesn't think she wants him to connect with her. Pascal is who he had, and Pascal was like, you have to put in the work to see if your relationship has legs and that he hasn't done any deep level of communication and he really doesn't know a lot about, they really don't know a lot about each other. And listen, guys, I know that Jake got my ashes last week for poor communication, but why does everyone seem to think that Jake has not tried in this relationship? What do you think, Aid? It's, I, I, I think he has tried. I, I believe generally that Jake has tried. Yeah. I'm confused as to what he's supposed to be working with because I don't what uh yeah I don't understand what people are saying to be honest with you but the other half of it is I'm I'm not trying to be mean but like Jake is a 38 year old very successful single man and I hate to say it but there's a reason for that 
No, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he's poor with communication, but again, no one's going to come 100%. But at the same time, it's like everyone just seems to mention that he's not trying. And I'm like, what else do you want this poor man to do? But um, Pascal asked him if he could ask her any question without any barriers or walls. What would you ask? And I think this was a fantastic question, which I think we probably should have played a game out of. Like, what would you have asked the other party in a couple? But his question was, what made her pull back in Vegas? And I think that would have been a good question, which, spoiler alert, they never asked her. And I was really pissed about that. <laughs> I think that would have been good. Um, and then Pascal asked him, what would you like to know about her? And he said her expectations of a husband. And I'm like, oh, poor Jakey. He looks so hurt when he was talking at that part. And then Pascal asked, is there a part that still wants to be with her? And he goes, yeah, I do want to be with her. I admire her and her determination. And I can see why we were matched. I don't know. I don't believe him. I don't know. I think he's just, it's a Hail Mary for him at this point. I think Jake really wants to be married, which I think is yeah. different from wanting to be with her. I don't judge exactly. him for it. But yeah. Yeah. But I know you don't really want to be with her. You just don't want to fail at this, which I understand. No one does. Yeah. And then it's Haley's turn, and Haley looks so pretty. I feel like they spent the most time with, like, Eric and um, Virginia. Everybody else is just like, two questions, and okay, go fix yourself now. Um, Haley looked really pretty, and they were... So they all were asked the positives, like I've mentioned, and I really commend the many different ways that they try to phrase it, but I think Haley's was the most interesting. Dr. Pepper is like, tell me all you know about Jacob and whatever ends up in the good column. (laughs) What? (laughs) And then Haley goes, I asked for someone independent and has their life together. Um, he has a good job. He's a stable guy. He loves his dog. He's proud of his house. And I'm like, is she describing a husband or a coworker? Because none of it is like a characteristic that is like unique to what a husband should be. <laughs> and or even unique to like, you've been living in an apartment with this person for six weeks and nothing you said is about who they are as a person like you could literally know that from like the wedding i mean she said he's proud of his house <laughs> imagine describing his house. A very nice house. <laughs> i mean the best thing that she did say is if i need help with something he'll be there but i just can't find anything in common with him so dr pepper echoes pastor cal because they probably had a meeting about it that they don't know each other on a deeper level and what questions does she have Haley does have a, a actually a good response because she's like, oh, I he's been in Atlanta for 10 years and he can't verbalize what he's been doing. I thought that was fair. Haley says that she's really tried, but it never felt like it was a two-way street. Then Dr. Pepper says that it seems to her that Jacob has made changes for her, but it doesn't seem like you've really made any changes. Aid? They did not even try. That part was totally dubbed in. Did you catch that? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> there was not an attempt to even hide it. <laughs> and 
if you missed it out there, just go back and watch. Like, what the hell? We don't see her. Aid gave us that tip when we started this podcast. Like, you don't see them say something. They probably added it in. But this was like Dr. Pepper was in the studio. And they were like, and action. Try it again. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What do you think prompted her to say that? (laughs) Or prompted them to put that in? To put that in. Just to jazz things up. Wow. And, you know, it's come up before, too. Like, it keeps the storyline going that they had before that Jacob has made all these changes and Haley hasn't made all any changes. And for the life of me, I don't know what these changes that Jacob's supposed to have made. What? what? Oh, we do get receipts because then they do a montage of all the things that he's tried. I think changes is the wrong word, but he's tried to fit in, you know, for her. Because they do show when they're in the pumpkin patch and he's like, he's drank this last two months than he has, like, in the last two years. He's not a drinker. He ruins his diet. But he's doing it because it's a common ground for her, I guess. And then, um, what else was it? He tried on those clothes. Like I said, I would be hella, hella insulted. But he went along with it. Okay, all right. I'll consider that. Yeah, I can't remember the other, but they put like four examples in there. So she continues that, um, <laughs> Dr. Pepper, that is, that she's worried that what Haley is looking for is someone that will just drop in her life and that isn't going to happen. And I was going to ask you if you know what that meant, because uh, I don't. Oh, sort of like Virginia. Like, I don't have to change anything about myself or what I do each week. They're not focused on it as much, but they have mentioned a couple times that he's gone out drinking. Like, you said it, too. Like, he's drank more in the past few weeks. That's what I think she means. <laughs> and then she, um, Dr. Pepper asked Kaylee if she feels like she's doing something that will be in his long-term best interests, late expectations, that made you uncomfortable. I don't know what that means, either. Nope, didn't get it. <laughs> she's like... Are you sensitive to other people's expectations? And then Haley goes, she puts pressure on herself and she starts crying and then says that she's cried so much in the last two months than in her entire life. We already told you Dr. Pepper was not here to play. She's just looking at her like, why are you crying? I mean, she didn't say that coldly, but she's like, let's talk about it. Why are you crying? So um, she tells her that she wanted to be married so bad and the pressure of the process was a lot and this is a sense of failure for her. And Dr. Pepper is like, it can't be a failure because it's not over yet. But it's, now, over. it's over. Ma- <laughs> it's quite over. <laughs> they have she been done. It. She knows it and that's why she's crying. It's over. And then she goes, there's still so much to fight for. Jake is telling us that you know, he feels like this marriage is his last shot to find love and he's failed at his past relationships and he feels like he's making the same mistakes so he could have done a better job addressing Haley and he really doesn't want it to fail. Aw, Jake. Um, Haley again says that she doesn't want to be divorced and she wants to build a connection with him and not be single for the rest of her life. Okay, so um, Haley and Jacob are together trying to talk about their um, what happened in their individual sessions, and she brings up that question about what have you been doing the last 10 years of your life? And then he was actually, you know, being honest, and he goes, the last 10 years have actually been duller for him because all his friends settled down, and he was just dating, trying to find a wife. And after 33, it was just like, you know, a lot of work. 
he brings up, you know, why she always seems to want space. And she says that she was in a controlling relationship for five years. I'm like, how are we just hearing all these things? How many weeks down with two weeks left <laughs> till D-Day? And she says she didn't want to feel like she should do what she doesn't want to do. And he asked her if she feels like she's letting it control her unnaturally. I thought that was phrased very weird, but she's like, yeah, I probably need to do better. And the process has made me do better. And it doesn't seem like it was a two-way street. I, I don't know how that correlated to her previous relationship. I don't know either. <laughs> but yeah. And then Jacob is like, do you feel like you engaged me and I wasn't responding? And she's like, yes. And he continues that it didn't feel like she wanted him to engage um, with them. They're just a broken record at this point. They're just saying the same <laughs> thing. We've heard all of this before. All of this. And it ends the same way. I think we're in a good space. I think we should try. I think I want to try. So, yeah. Done. Okay. Yeah, they're so, done. <laughs> so um jacob is very receptive and he thanks her for actually being honest and think that there's enough there to build something and Haley actually asked genuinely i think she was she's still looking for a way out she's like do you genuinely think i'm your person <laughs> and jake gives the best answer possible if you wanted this it could work and i actually it makes sense to me I think Jake is just resigned. Like, if Haley just wants to be with this and me, I'll take it. Whatever she gives, I'll take it. And Haley ends with, I do still want to try. Oh, God, please don't. <laughs> please don't. And that was it. They're the type of couple that I'm like, had you, if it had been quarantine and you guys would have been stuck in an apartment together for two months, would you have, like, pulled a Karen and Miles or would you just have been like a Henry and Christina? I don't know. Man, I got to say, Harry and Christina, Christina popped up in my head because at least Karen and Miles, they were still friends, you know? They still kind of laughed, and when they played that game, they knew stuff about each other. These two don't seem to know anything about each other, and she seems visibly repulsed by him. <laughs> yeah, they probably would have been a Henry and Christina. But never underestimate the power of determination that Haley has to try. I think she, no, she's not trying. She's just saying things when cameras are there. When the cameras leave, she's like, try who? Try what? <laughs> All right, so, eight. So we have Paige and Chris. Dr. Pepper sits down with Paige to basically just gas her up a little, um, <laughs> which I don't actually mind. Um, Dr. Pepper is like, you are wonderful. He's trash. We, everything on paper looks good. We had no idea what a mess of a life he had behind the curtain. She said, you are the superior human being. And if he wasn't <laughs> such an extraordinary narcissist, he would recognize that. I almost fell on the floor when she actually called him a narcissist. Because she, she is not some random TV commentator talking about someone she's never met. Yeah. And you but, know Chris is going to go for her. He's going to yeah. come for her. The ethics of her profession, I mean, I know these therapists aren't real therapists and they do all kinds of things, but I actually, the ethics of her profession should not have her calling anybody a narcissist who she's actually interacted with and in some ways treated unless she really believes he's a narcissist. So I take her pretty seriously on this. <laughs> 
Can we just say that Paige had that post breakup glow? Like she looked good, and then the braids are gone. She had like a nice wig and a jumpsuit. Amazing closure on that wig. <laughs> I enjoy Paige's. Well, I actually enjoy Brianna's hair more because she picks styles that are more my taste. But I do enjoy both of their hair and their style. So then they just have a discussion about why did Chris do this? And Dr. Prepper says he doesn't think of anybody but himself. Mentions again that he's a narcissist. I think she was trying to say as much as possible. She's like, you can edit all you want to, but it will be on camera that I call this man a narcissist. (laughs) (laughs) And Dr. Pepper said the purpose of buying that car was to hurt you. Yeah. And she talked to her about boundaries. And then Paige, like, just when you, like, start to like Paige or be on Paige's side, she just says things that you're just like, but why? She starts talking about why she needs to face him on decision day and ask him why he signed up for it. I'm like, you know, you can send him an email after decision day. (laughs) Then she starts talking about legally bound and I'm just tired of it. So tired of it. So they kind of close out their whatever. And then we have Chris and Pastor Cal. They put on the black screen of death (laughs) to let us know that Chris agreed to be there at 7 and it's 7.43 and he hasn't arrived and Pastor Cal is talking to the crew about wrapping up and they appear to say that they're wrapping up and then Chris walks in just at the last minute. It has been noted that Chris seems to only own one suit to wear for filming. (laughs) So so this week he's only wearing the bottom half of the suit with uh, some just sad fashion, whatever. Chris apologizes for being late. We look good on paper. I swear it was like, huh, maybe episode three when Tane explained the concept of butt her face to all of you. (laughs) And lo and behold, she was correct. Chris decides to tell us all that she was pretty, but her face. Um, But in a very, very cruel way. He was like, you had all the people in Atlanta. You have a lovely African-American, Hispanic, Caucasian, and you chose the one girl. I was like, what? I mean, who was surprised? Yeah, that's true. I think I was, though, Aid. I got to tell you, my eyeballs were on the floor because he just kept going. I'm really upset with Lifetime more than Chris. We all know Chris is trash. It is deeply hurtful for you to allow someone to come on your show and say all of this about another human being. And then you decide to air it for ratings. It. It, he shouldn't disgusting. have had a session. Yeah, shouldn't have had a session. Chris was not going to get anyone but Pastor Cal. I, without a doubt, there was no other person that he was going to, no other expert that he was going to get. It's just Pastor Cal. <laughs> yeah, so he just talks some nonsense about he wasn't attracted to her, but he slept with her twice. And Chris says he did let attraction grow. The look on his face, the whole thing is very, very disgusting. So Pastor Cal goes to, tells Chris, like, you're a loser at life. You've been engaged a couple times. Now you're married and that's not working. Like, you need to think about how you're going to handle relationships in the future. Your decisions need to be well thought out. They have to be serious. You have to think about what you're learning from this. He straight out tells him this is not your finest hour. Chris is not happy about that. Chris gets very defensive. I handled it to the best of my ability, but he could have done things differently. Pastor Cal asked, what does that mean? She said, you just bought a car from your ex. Is that doing the best that you could? And he said, well, I told Paige she could have come with us. And Pastor Cal calls that the nonsense that it is. If I was a producer in the back, I would have burst out laughing. They would have had to edit me out because I'm just like, this Negro cannot be for real. 
<laughs> and then he had to say it. I'm not going to apologize for buying Mercedes and Mercedes. <laughs> I was like, get this man out of here. <laughs> and he's like, I'm already thinking about how I need to buy a house too. My kid already has an inheritance. And Pastor Cal says, don't you think you owe Paige an apology? And Chris says that he can't apologize to her for that. And that way, I mean, I, I don't have anything else to say about Chris. There's really nothing. This is just going to be a blemish on the, on, on, on the experts for a long time. Because as much as they want to wash their hands off of this, like, this is on them. I, I don't know. And lifetime. So then so. we go back to Paige, packing up her stuff to go back home. <laughs> to, which, to which I was like, you sh yeah, I was, I was happy to see her going back home. Any sign that this is just over and done with is a good sign to me. Because there's still yeah. a little part of me that lives in fear that something else is going to happen with the two of them. I will not be surprised if on decision day, they tell us that they have slept together since the last time. <laughs> what to say to that? You know, let's wait till decision day and see. I don't have much faith in Paige. I, I think she comes on camera and talks a good game. And then something happens off camera where she allows Chris to just treat her horribly. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Just a couple of things about them. Um, when, okay, one, Chris looks just like his mama. There was one scene that they did and he just looked just like his mom. And the other thing is that when they were packing up and I was just looking at Paige and Paige's ass is a thing of beauty. <laughs> I'd just like to put that out there. Like, it is. And then finally, I just give praise to Paige's wig when she met with Dr. Pepper and the closure and all that. And then she flipped around in the confessional wig after she had packed hot, hot mess. I don't know who let her go on TV like that. I was very confused. I was like, that bright pink is not quite doing with the combination with the hair. I'm like, maybe if you just bring some of the hair forward instead of backwards, mm -mm. something just wasn't right about that. Mm -mm. It wasn't right. Nobody in that crew, they have not put her through enough, could be like, girl, I can't let you go on TV like this. You just need to come back another day and film this. That was terrible. I just wanted to put that out there, but yeah. <laughs> so then we're on to Clara and Ryan. Ryan sits down with Dr. Pepper, says the experts did break, great. The high point is the instant connection. Challenges, oh, he can't think of anything. And Dr. Pepper, she's not here to play. She says couples like to portray their marriage as being perfect. They're only presenting their dating self. She does it in a voiceover. But then we get we go back to Ryan and she says, I I'm glad you're good, but you have to be willing to put stuff on the table. <laughs> um, they they talk about religion and Ryan is not pressuring her into anything. He's like, We haven't talked about details. He calls it developmental rather than challenging. And then Dr. Pepper very strongly says, If I remember correctly, you guys are still waiting on intercourse. <laughs> Very strange way to phrase the question, but okay. Well, because the, I thought that too. And then I remembered that Clara said she's getting him off. So they're doing something is just, they're just not putting it in, which is intercourse. So that's the only way to define it. <laughs> because if she had said other sex. words, it have been like, are you penetrating? And that's gross. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Dr. Pepper says, how does that make her feel? And Ryan says he should ask. 
That's different from what he said on Unfiltered. On Unfiltered, he said he knew exactly what Ryan Clara was thinking. But now he's saying, I should probably ask her. So what do you think that it is, Tane? Is he lying to Dr. I Pepper or was he lying on Unfiltered? Lying to Dr. Pepper. Because I'm telling you, I wrote down specifically, are you telling me they've never talked about it? The one couple I would say that talks about everything on earth are Ryan and Clara. So I just think, yeah, I think he needs so Dr. Pepper is like, present rejection? Could she have feelings about this? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so then we go to Claire and Pastor Cal. She trots out the same bullshit. Yeah, we're doing so great. They get along so well. They're never expected to connect this well. 10 out of 10. I'm like, bitch, you lying. <laughs> 10 over 10. Also, we acted like that clip didn't happen last week. That whole rant. They <laughs> just snuck that in there. Uh, never to be addressed or brought up or whatever, anyway. But I think they had a conversation before meeting up with the experts and they said they'll sort everything out internally and they're just going to put up a united front and not say anything, I think. Which is a dumb conversation to have because as we can see here, the experts do not fall for your bullshit. <laughs> yep, but they Ryan... <sighs> Pastor Cal says to her, the best relationships have arguments. And then she brings up the I love you thing. She's waiting for him. So Pastor Cal is like, so you love him, but you're not willing to reveal that commitment. And he says, I don't want you to be concerned about things and not say you're concerned because you don't want to ruffle feathers. And Pastor Cal tells us it can't be a 10 out of 10. And he's right. There's no such thing. Pastor Cal asks about sex. She says, we're taking things slow. Then they show the clip with the overhead camera of her da 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 Clara says she wants to have sex, and then she tells us an interesting tidbit. He has dated previously for months to years where sex was never happening. I had so many questions. Uh, I was just like, again, we're still learning new things. How has this never come up? So do you think him being a virgin is back on the table? I do think it's back on the table. But it's also, this is my question, I'm like, did they date for months and years and then have sex after a certain amount of time? Or did they just date and never have sex? Because I think yeah. that's like a, a key question here. And was it a religious reason? Like, is he trying to wait? I, I, we don't know. And then it goes back again because Pastor Cal seems shocked too. So I'm like, when they did the matchmaking special, because they usually ask them about, you know, their sexual history. What did he say? But yeah, she said it so casually. I wasn't sure I heard right. <laughs> She says the more she asks about it, the further away it gets, which is some weird psychological, like, weirdness, if you ask me. Um, yeah. I don't want to say it's, like, punishment. It's like dealing with a child where you're like, look, if you ask me again, <laughs> yeah. we will not be going to grandma's until Thursday. Okay, ask again. We're not going until Friday. Keep on asking. <laughs> that seems like a real terrible way to conduct your sexual relationship. And Pastor Cal asked her if she's okay if what you're doing now is all you'll ever do. And Clara's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so then Clara and Ryan have their post talk. They talk about kids in church. Nothing has changed since the first time they talk about this. Clara continues with, I don't want my kids to feel forced. Ryan wants his kids raised in church. I wish these people would just like have real conversations. Raised yeah. in church means that we are a family that goes to church every Sunday. And if you're really raised in church, you go to Wednesday night service, you go to summer to vacation Bible school, you volunteer at church. 
That is what raised in church means as far as I understand it. Yeah. There's no choices about that. <laughs> because you are a family. And families do things together. And five-year-olds don't get to decide where they go on Sunday morning. They either go to church with you or they stay home. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And Clara talks about her own upbringing where her mom, I guess, was the religious you know, Christian one. And her dad was not. But somehow she still felt forced into church. But she felt like, she, like that's my example for how only one half of the couple can be religious. It's actually not a bad example. But I don't think Ryan sees his life working that way. But he doesn't say nothing. <laughs> Ryan does not have time for these people. Ryan is looking forward to the eight weeks being over and really starting his life. Ryan is going to be like a Karen. I feel like we're going to see the, tr the true him. Now, the true test would be if he decides to join couples camp. <laughs> and then he blossoms. Then he starts a YouTube channel. I'll be like, look at this guy. <laughs> <sighs> so they go back to sex again. And she says the more it's pushed away, the further it gets. Um, Clara says that she is sexually frustrated, but she has a lot of respect for him. And he doesn't want it to be like a checkbox. It's something that's special. And she asks if it's happening anytime soon. And he says, I don't know. <sighs> we got nowhere this episode. They are exactly where they were at the beginning of the episode in their relationship. It was also the worst reassurance ever because I think the instructions he was given was to make her not feel rejected. <laughs> he was just like, nope, not having sex with you. When? Nope. Do you know what? I don't know. Are we done? Okay. Good talk. <laughs> I do think they have conversations off air though. So that's why I'm not so worried about them. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but they're having different conversations than we are. Uh, I think so too. But I also think they're not that good at being shady. <laughs> like, I think they probably think they're doing a better job than they are. Than they are, yeah. Can we talk about their forehead kiss? That was a PDA fail. That was awkward. Claire, I, I thought she was trying to kiss her. <laughs> he went for the forehead. I'm like, oh, Lord. I missed it completely. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, all right, Aid. Who has your bouquet for the week? Dr. Pepper. I mean, she wasn't perfect, but for, for why, why do you want to be this dog's dad so bad? That, <laughs> that alone, that alone. I, I did think she gave mostly good advice. I appreciated her calling Chris a narcissist. I don't love it when people online call people a narcissist, but the fact that she is a professional, she has met him, interacted with him. I mean, if you were that good at your job, you wouldn't have matched him to be married. But, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And we just say the producers matched them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who is yours? I was not going to give it to anyone because I was just pissed off at all of them. But I decided to give it to Jake. I gave it to Jake because he was very receptive to the information that he got. And he even thanked Haley for the feedback and that he's going to practice it. And it's also a pity bouquet. Like, Jake is just like, this is my last shot. And I just feel so bad for him. So, who has your burnt ashes? I'm going to give it to Chris. The <laughs> end. Who has yours? Ryan and Clara. I don't like all this BS that they're doing. I mean, it's a completely different relationship behind closed doors than what we're seeing. So, I don't even know if it's the producers, but... Just for Clara coming out and saying our relationship is 10 of a 10 and I have nothing to complain about, I was pissed off. <laughs> Lies. 
right. So we have a really nice review for this week from Zing Zing Angels. I happened to stumble upon your podcast and I'm so happy I did. I've been a longtime fan of maps with not one friend who watches. So I love listening to your pod. I'm finally having a little reality TV kiki every week during quarantine. You both are so effervescent and wonderful, and I find myself nodding along to every observation and opinion you have. Thank you for all the insight and laughter, Mazinga. Aw, thank you. So that's it for us this week. Follow us on our socials on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. We love hearing from you guys on social media. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please rate and review us on the Apple Podcast. And we hope to see you again next week. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.